God is always there to help us, right? Step by step. Even though you made mistakes, for me, I, I, I believe I made quite a bit of mistakes, right? Mm. In the way I deal with my parents' relationship, even my siblings as well. But there is always grace, yeah. right? And we might not be able to figure it out right from the start, but it's a journey. Yeah. And God, you know, will bring you through that journey as well. So stay in step with Him, right? Um, till today, you know, I always share, even during, during my wedding, the biggest and the greatest thing that ever happened in my whole life, right, is knowing God. Yeah, and this knowing itself, it's going to bring you through your whole life, right? We, we, with no regrets. Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As part of our series on family, we'll be having conversations with different guests to dig into real-life issues that we all face concerning family, marriage, and parenting. And we hope these conversations will resource and equip you to thrive in your family life. I'm Ernie. And I'm Josh. And this is the River Life Podcast. Hi everyone, we are here in the studio and today I have a very special guest with me and he is one of the tallest people that we are interviewing in this, whole, in this series of podcasts and he's actually my cell leader, he's uh, John Tan Chen Wen and he's married with uh, one wife and two kids. <laughs> so maybe John, you can share with us a little bit more about what you do yeah, for a living. What I do for a living, yep. uh, basically I sell things. Yeah, <laughs> that people don't want. Wow, pirated DVD. Uh. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm in sales, uh, selling mm. software, uh, okay. engineering software. Uh, that's what I do for livelihood. Yeah, and okay. I can only have one wife, yes. <laughs> and how about your kids? Yeah, so I have two kids, uh, mm. one six-year-old and one four-year-old. The older mm. one uh, is Joan and the younger mm. one is Asaph. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. And we know them both very well because they're in the same cell as us. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, John, understand that you have uh, quite a rough uh, family time uh, ever since you became a Christian. So maybe you can share a little bit about, uh, I think firstly, how you came to Christ. And then after that, we talk about the situation at home. So maybe firstly, uh, how do you come to Christ? Wow, uh, you know, it's a very long story. It could be a testimony itself for <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> but I will not go into the details. But basically, uh, I grew up in a family uh, believing in Buddhism. Mm. Right, so I was in Buddhist school for my primary school, and my life, all my life, I've been brought up in a Buddhist culture. Mm. Yeah, mm. so I am the first Christian in my family, right? Uh, and how that happened, I would describe in a very quick summary was, um, God seeked me out. Yeah, wow. God okay. seeked me out. So I wasn't really intentional to find out more about Christianity, mm. but more by coincidence, which now on hindsight, I believe that was God. You know planning and orchestrating mm. uh, in me getting to know him. Was there any yeah. particular uh, 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 events that happened that led to it? So the particular event was uh, I was into vice. I was stealing quite a number of things during my secondary school days. That was mm. secondary four. Mm. So some of the things that I've stolen is, uh, you know, uh, textbooks from classmates when I lost mine, uh, <laughs> tuition fees <laughs> from from uh, weaker students who can not do anything, you know, when I steal them, uh, money extortion. Wow, I better yeah. check out my Bible still in my bag. Uh. 
<laughs> it, it should be there. <laughs> Unless it's the iPhone, then might be gone. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and then we, we were going about selling things and one of the things that we like to do is we steal from shops. Wow. And okay. one, one of the shops is, uh, you know, at, at that point of time, uh, VCD was still a thing or DVD was still a thing. <laughs> yep. So there were VCDs and DVD shop and uh, we stole from there. Mm. And out of the stash that we sold, one of the CD was um, The Passion of Christ, I which see, I, I ended up watching. And then, you know, be, from there, begin to ask a lot of questions and subsequently went to a cell group and then, you know, finally believing in Christ uh, mm. and joining Real Life Church. Wow. So that's a summary, yeah, of wow. how I <laughs> became a Christian. Wow, okay. So when was this? What year was it? Uh, it was 2004 when I was sec 4. Sec 16 four, year old. Yeah. 16 year old. La. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow. That must be a long time. La. No, okay. La. About. <laughs> <laughs> <That's more. laughs> oh gosh. That's like 18 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so what, what happened after that? Once uh, you became a Christian, you started going to church, right? Hmm. Yeah, then uh, what was the situation like for you at home? Well, so... When I became a Christian on a personal front, you know, everything's changed. Everything mm. is different, you know, like... <laughs> the song from Planet Shakers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, I, I really had a renewed purpose in my life. Mm. But reality struck once I reached home. Mm. Yeah. Because even though my whole thinking, my whole life have changed, my family didn't change. Yeah. Uh, my parents, yeah. my siblings, everybody is still the same. Mm. Yeah. So it was quite a difficult time because um, I think... Persecution came right after, you know, mm. when I became a Christian, uh, my parents was not, uh, didn't receive it very well. I see. Yeah. So I, I began to have my own Bible. You know, I was, I was wearing a cross. Mm. Yeah. I was, you know, in school front, I was walking around in school holding a Bible mm. uh, to a point people call me like, uh, you know, Pastor Tianwen. Like, oh. or they call me like Jesus Freak, <laughs> which some of my friends under their contact list, right, they still save me as Jesus Freak until today. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but the persecution is, is very real. Like my parents didn't take it well. Mm. So for them as a non-believer, um, you know, business businessmen started on their own business. When they see that I believe in the faith, um, their first instinct was, you are weak, mm. right? Why do you need a religion or faith to keep your life going? Mm. Yeah, our family, we can do it very well by our own strength, by our own virtues and values, right? Mm. Mm. Why do you need to depend on a God? So for them, it's like, they are very offended. Yeah, they, they feel like their parenting has failed. I see. Yeah, they feel that, you know, um, they have not brought me up well. They have not made me strong enough to a point that I want to depend on a God for help. I see. Yeah, so the persecution came in many forms. Uh, for example, if I'm like worshipping my guitar and stuff like that, uh, my mom will walk inside the room and start mocking me. Who are you singing to? Yeah, why are you mm. singing to yourself? You know, in like sarcastic manner. I see. Um, there will be times where she will say things like, you know, if you go for church this Saturday again, it was Megalife, 4 p.m. Yeah. If you go for church today again, uh, if you if you get out of the house, you know, I will disown you. Wow. Yeah. So th there will be those kind of persecutions that happen. Uh. I see. So do you still go? So she say, if I, you know, walk out of the house, you disown me, right? Mm. I didn't, I choose not to walk out. Uh. I, I ran I out of the house. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so so what happened? What happened? So okay, I mean it's it's very funny because every time, right, you know, I was like, I decided to just leave house and then don't come back home anymore, right? When when I go to church for Mega Life service, mm. and then for some reason always, right, then the sermon will be talking about honoring your parents. <laughs> you know? Okay. It's, it's just every time I made the decision, like, okay, this is the last time I'm gonna see my parents. Yeah, mm. but when I go to church, the church 
just preaches a different story, right? Of yep. honoring, yep. you know, of obeying. Mm. Yeah. And I just find myself, you know, Chinese word is called lang pei la, right? I mm. don't know English, what is it called? But I just find myself like, you know, I go <laughs> to church, that's what they teach. I have to live it out. So mm. often I find myself walking back to my house sheepishly again. <laughs> and then first thing I'll do, I remember is I'll hide in the toilet. <laughs> and then okay. my mom will be like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was the process. La. But yeah. she still accepted you when you came back in a sense. La, like, in a sense, they don't really like how me up still because most of the time I'll just lock myself in the room. Yeah, mm. I will like kind of double lock it with my bed pushing against the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. But what was a typical day like for you? Like, I mean, you, you talk about going to church, right? But how about every day, you know, like uh, you talk a little bit about uh, worshipping the room, then your mom come and uh, say certain things. How about things like family dinner? Yeah, how, how, how was the atmosphere like? Okay, so I kind of have to learn quite a bit adjustment. For example, uh, you know, one of the things I caught after being a Christian is to say grace, right? Mm. So at the start, I'll be very adamant. Like, everybody eat ready, I will close my eyes and pray in front of everybody. <laughs> so it came to a point that my sisters were also quite offended. You I know, see, they'll be like, hey, you want to practice your faith, but you don't, you know, disturb or affect us. You can I do see. it in your space or whatever. Mm. And then... Another thing that is really big is uh, eating beef. So I grew up not eating beef, oh, right? And okay. I, I, I believe the first week after I accepted Christ, right, I started eating beef like man. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the downtown East food court. They, they sell very good brisket beef noodles. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I just never stopped eating that every time after cell group. Yeah, Because to me, it's like something that I missed out all my life. Mm, yeah, so mm. I also <laughs> openly eat beef in front of my family and friends, uh, my family dinner. Yep. And then, yeah, same thing. My, my sister and parents will be very unhappy about that. Mm, yeah. So, mm. along the years, I grew. Like, for now, I don't eat beef, you know, in front of in front my parents. Of them, yep. As a form of, like, respect. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I, I still... What, what has changed in your understanding? I mean, I mean, previously, you say that, okay, I'll, I'll write, pray, I'll write, uh, eat beef, you know. Mm. But what has changed over the years for you? What I've changed over the years is, you know, I know that if I do that in front of them, mm. you know, they are, they are going to be very offended they're going to be very mm. affected in that sense so I don't do that you know out to spike them yeah maybe mm. my heart posture at, at in the beginning was not correct to begin with mm. like I, I do it kind of out of spike you know to show that you know my God is bigger than you mom like yep. I know somebody who has bigger authority than you mm. right but now now I'm moving the way I respond and react is more on the aspect that you know um, I'm there to respect and honor my parents mm. right I very, very much want them to believe in the God they have believed. Mm. I want them to know and understand the goodness, the love that God has um, instilled in my life. Yeah. So, I think one of the biggest thing for me right now is, um, you know, now that I'm married and I have my own kids, yeah. and my kids are growing up, you know, in the environment, probably to the point that one day they will be 16 years old. So, mm. you know, it's kind of like the role reversal. Yep. And I'm, I'm praying somehow that God will use my life, mm. my life of my children, right? Mm. My marriage, you know, as a living testimony for them mm. that God is indeed good, you know, that life don't have to be one track on the way that they think it should be. Yep. But there's man, many possibilities and the track of having God in our life, you know, living a Christian life for me is, is the best track. And I really mm. hope that they can see that somehow. Mm. And, you know, I cannot imagine that the day, you know, or... or 
that I can see my parents, you know, um, saying the sinner's prayer and receive Christ. But yeah. I think that's one of my deepest desire in my heart that mm. I see, I, I want to see it happen. Um, I don't really know how am I supposed to go about reaching the end point. But what I know right now is my daily living, like mm. every step, how I live my everyday, how I bring out my children, how I honor them in respective manners, mm. bring out them for holiday, you know, mm. the weekly mm. interactions. I think it all matters. It all puts into part. So that is basically what I'm really focusing right now, making my life right with God and living the walk. See, so it's, it's kind of like you, you really need to be a testimony. You know, like you mentioned, I think at the start, maybe some things were, were done maybe out of spite. Mm. Yeah, towards the parents. Uh, I, I think teenage years, lah, we have a lot of uh, <laughs> hormonal changes and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I think uh, being a testimony at home is really, really important. Even though um, we have different faiths at home, uh, but we still want to honour and respect our parents. Lah. Yeah. yeah, so because that is a, in itself a good testimony. That's right. Yeah, but was there a point for you that um, that this switch happened? that suddenly you realize, okay, I need to stop doing some of these things because I need to honor my parents. I cannot really remember uh, like a switch, you know, a very defining moment. I think it was more, like I mentioned, every time I go to church, they talk about something about mm. honoring, right? Every time I go to church, something about respecting. I think it was a transformation journey that I had to go through. Mm. Uh, there wasn't a, really a switch that I could identify. Mm. Uh, maybe a more major switch was when I went to national service, mm. right? When I finally got the chance to be away from my parents, you know, like, <laughs> wow, now I can stay bang, you know, <laughs> yeah, away from my parents. Um, I think that it, at that at that moment, that made me realize, um, yeah, maybe life in family is, isn't that bad. Yeah, mm. I always think that living with parents is bad until I met my sergeant and CSMs. <laughs> uh, I, I think that there is a great... Uh, transition a great improvement in the way I relate to mm. not just my parents my siblings as well so mm. during my NS um, you know my siblings they, they study abroad we used to have a lot of quarrels so I was the first Christian right so I was like against the whole family mm. you know parents and my siblings and NS made me you know better as a person mm. and and then subsequently when I got married and started out up with my own family yep. that's when I grew even deeper appreciation of my you know my parents' love for me, mm. how much they must have went through when I was a child uh, as I'm, you know, handling uh, children and babies as well. Yeah, correct. So, so I, it's a I gradual that, thing. Yeah, it's a gradual thing, but gradual there thing. are events that kind Which of help NS to with it. NS and <laughs> marriage. Uh. And marriage, yeah. I think, I think especially when, they, when you start having kids, I think they're a lot more uh, open, uh, yeah, in a sense to, risk, to, to, to their heart soften. Uh. Yeah, right. especially when, when the kids come along. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what ch do you think changed in your parents over the years? What have changed in my yeah, parents? Yeah, as a result of you, you know, gradually shifting mm. to become a, a better testimony at home. Mm. Yeah, what do you think has shifted in the family atmosphere? Okay, so, you know, being the first Christian, right, uh, I, I, I would say, la, I would think that I, I received most of the persecution. Mm. So, what, what happened in the journey is, um, so I've got three sisters. Yeah. Okay. And then, after I became a Christian, uh, two of my other sisters, uh, they also became Christian. Mm. Yeah. Uh, whether is it because of me, I don't know. Yeah, but mm. definitely because of God, for sure. Yep. And uh, I would say that when I first made the decision to want to baptize, it mm. was a very, very big uh, persecution from my, my parents. Yep. Yeah. Very, very big. It was like... Why, why, why do you think that is so? Why, why do you think Because that? my mom went crazy. She went berserk. 
But why do you think yeah. it was such a big thing for parents when... Because I think we hear quite often mm. that some parents, they're okay for you to go to church. Uh. But the moment you become water baptized, right? I mm. think that crossed the line for them. I see, I see. Yeah, why, why do you think that so? So personally, what I think so, right? Uh, is because of religion and traditions. Mm. So in religions and traditions of the older folks, when they pass on, right? Uh, usually their son, uh, first son, right? Is supposed to conduct or carry out certain rituals mm. uh, that will ensure their reincarnation or eternal life is the pathway after, after something death. like that right mm. their pathway mm. other is kind of secured and I being the you know the son mm. right the first son uh, is supposed to carry out certain rituals or stuff like that that's that what I think right I, um, I think other alternative is perceptions of friends and relatives right mm. because uh, when you believe that is your own personal matter. But when you baptize, it's kind of making an open declaration, right? Yeah. That I'm Christian and my life belongs to God. Yeah. Right? So for them, I think they associate baptism to their culture and language is like kind of signing bond uh, with mm. the deities. Mm. Yeah. So for them is they will think that it's a very big matter. Mm. Yeah. So that's really more related to their own traditions and own uh, religious belief. I see. And I think for some parents as well, they fear that uh, because they have different set of beliefs, right? Like after after they pass on, they fear that no one comes to visit them because yeah. that's that's where the certain Chinese traditions are in place. Yeah, la. that's possible Yeah, so I well. think that's, that's one of their fears. And I think uh, when you associate uh, religion together with... Um, uh, with the family, right? Like for for all these generations, we have been a certain type of religion. Yeah, but now my children are, are going different religions. Uh, I think you also, in a sense, um, other people may see them as uh, failures as parents. Mm. Like you didn't bring up your kids in that way, Correctly, you know, like right. they've been mm. passed on for all these generations. So mm. maybe there was that pressure as well. La. Yeah, possible. Yeah. 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 So So I think it's important, I think for... Uh, those of us who live in non-Christian families, right, to also understand the world of our parents, no? uh, not to quickly um, uh, just pass judgment, you know, like uh, what you believe is nonsense and all that, but remember that it's actually a whole um, uh, a whole life experience that they actually, you know, that they yeah. carry with them. No? It's not so straightforward, no? Yeah. It's just changing beliefs. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so you mentioned that your sisters also came to know, the, know Christ, right? Yeah. What was their experience like compared to yours? <laughs> was it better or, yeah, how was it like? In the sense. So I mean, uh, I would I would just say, for example, the baptism thing. Mm. So for when I made the baptism, right, it was very, very big issue. Yep. The whole family, emotional, spiritual <laughs> atmosphere was very tense over mm. that I think a period of uh, two, three months when I first wow. tell them that I'm gonna make the baptism. Wow. And then I start inviting people. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it came to a point where mother said that whoever goes to my baptism will be disowned. Mm. Yeah. And wow. then uh, nobody nobody came to for my family. Immediate family came for the baptism. Mm. Yeah, because if they go, they will be disowned. I see. Then um, I mean, fast forward when my two of my sisters uh, baptized, they didn't have so much drama. I see. Yeah, it was more like they informed my mother. Just keep quiet. I see. Yeah, as opposed to making a very big response or drama to it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, so I, I would think that they would have it had it lesser or s- somehow I kind of puffed away <laughs> ahead for them to have a smoother smoother journey, la, I guess. I see, I yeah. see. How old were you when you got baptized? Huh? Oh gosh, uh, let me do some math. <laughs> that was 2010, I believe. So 2010. Uh. I was... Oh, go, how many math? How many math? 2010 minus one night. <laughs> 
1988. Sorry guys, we we will we are just popping out the calculator. <laughs> Somehow, Matthew, I was 22 year old. 22 year old, yeah, right. right. Was it intentional for you to wait until you were 22? Uh, before you got baptized? Kind of, actually. Because when mm. you're 21, you're supposed to be free to do anything you want in life, right? <laughs> but okay. but somehow I think it was church service and God convicted me at that point of time I believe mm. at that point of time a uh, 21 year old was definitely a, mm. a something step la. into adulthood right? yeah 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 I believe mm. that was definitely part of the consideration mm. uh, but I, th- I, I think it was more of God's conviction I see yeah that led me to the baptism I see mm. what would you say to someone that's uh, 16 years old 16. And they come from non-Christian parents. Parents are very against it. Hmm. But they want to get water baptized. What would you say to them? Wow. I think my first reaction is wait until 21. Hmm. Right? What's the reasoning behind that? That's uh, just a normal classification of adulthood, right? Hmm. For for most people, right? Hmm. That uh, They believe that when you are 21 years old, then your mind is sound. The mm. decision that you make uh, is not one of rash. It's more rationalized. It's hmm. more that one that you have went through properly, right? Or rather, parents will think that that's a age where you have the sufficient mental capacity and experience, right? Mm. To make that decision. So for me, okay lah, I mean, I went through NS quite quite, quite a adulthood transformation and mm. university age. So mm. I would say that that's a good gauge that your parents will understand that you actually went through a considerable amount of yep. consideration, right? And thoughtfulness. Yep. When I reflect on my own decision for baptism, you know, mm. is it right? Is it wrong? Some people will agree. Some people will disagree, right? Mm. So I would say that at the end of the day, it's really depend on your own personal faith and journey. Mm. It really depends on your conviction of God. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Do I think that I would have baptized earlier? I might have. I could have. Yeah. But uh, I, I believe I, wait, I waited until I was 21. And when God's conviction and message came in, um, it was clear. So in, in the case that when you, God has convicted you and when you have to carry out the conviction and when you're met with persecution, I think one of the biggest thing that you know I had to go through is to examine my heart. Yeah. Right? That's when I'm so going good. through that uh, opposition, right? Am I really doing it, you know, uh, because of conviction of God? Or am I doing it, you know, for example, to spite my parents, right? To mm. make a statement, you know, that I'm I'm against you. I want to break away from you, mm. right? So the heart and posture is very different. Yeah. And how how we can sense that is, for example, if if you are really working in the conviction of God, even if you are met with uh, persecution, disagreement, etc., right? I find myself not in a position of anger yeah, or, or argument good. when, which I used to be. Mm. I find myself to be in a very peaceful, yep. in a very firm and steady position mm. that even though my mom can be crying, can be lashing out, you know, or even getting physical, everything, right? It, it just passes me. Yep. Yeah. Because I'm I'm in the a position of conviction. Yep. So I think it's not an easy journey, mm. but, you know, with the examining of the heart, with that journey together with God, with that deep, you know, conviction, with that deep relationship that, we have, that you have with God, yep. um, nothing is impossible. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important as well, like to remember, I think to understand the significance of baptism. La. So if you find that your decision to um, be water baptized right, is going to cause a lot of chaos and conflicts in the family, right? Then maybe you may want to wait until you're 21. Because I think at the end of the day, right, I think God 
it's not a God like, oh, you never get water baptized when you're 16. No, therefore, you will suffer consequence. I think God understands our situations, right? And He's, I think He's also willing to journey with us together on this journey. So whether you get baptized at 16 or 21, uh, I think to Him, it's more. what's more important is that you, the posture of your heart, towards Him, the relationship that you have with Him, the relationship that you have with the with the church. I mean, baptism is just an outward um, uh, a proclamation yeah. Yeah, of your what's happening inside, right? Yeah. So if you're already living out your faith, if you're already um, uh, assimilated to the church, right? In a sense, you are you are living the water-baptized life already. Yeah. yeah. So whether you get baptized at 16 or 21, I think what's more important is whether you're living the life. I think that's more important. Yeah. yeah so if... There are situations at home that may cause tensions um, because you're going to get water baptized. Then we suggest, you know, maybe wait until you're 21 years old. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think another another thing that we can explore is really this. Uh, so, what has happened ever since, you know, uh, from the time when you got married, you have kids and all that. What are some things that you do intentionally um, in when you meet with your parents in the parents' home? Yeah. Mm. Like just, just to be able to reach out to them or how do you do life together with them now? Mm. Yeah. So, for for one, um, some of the things that my, my parents imparted to me, right, mm. uh, which I believe is good values, yeah. right, not, not necessarily Christian values. For example, respecting their elders, right, acknowledging mm. them, calling them their names when they go to the house. Yeah, this is something that I very much enforce to my children. Yeah, and it's something that was taught to my parents at mm. a very high level. Like mm. even when I'm twenty one year old, right, I'm still supposed to greet them the moment I step into the house. <laughs> yeah. So for me is. These are good values, right? It doesn't yep. clash with the Christian value. So yes. I make it very intentional that they must follow it because that is the expectation that my parents had for me and I do it the same. Mm. So in, in that angle, right, what I'm you know trying to communicate to my parents, right, is that not everything that you teach me, you know, I reject or is bad. Yeah, I think right? that's good. Not everything that you teach me is against the Christianity, yep. right? It's just that there are good, good parts and when it comes to faith, you know, the children should have the right to make their own decision, right? Yes, Based correct. on what they have discovered and uncovered. Yep. Yeah. So similarly, intentionally, I will also share the story with my children, you mm. know, telling them that our family, we believe in, in God. Mm. You know, one day when you grow up, you have a choice whether you want to believe in God or not. Mm. And I do tell them that, you know, their grandparents, uh, they don't believe in God. Mm. So this is something that I'm praying for. So, yep. Would you like to pray along with me for my with my grandparents? Wow, yeah. Will you help so me, you know, to honor them, to share with them about Jesus, mm. yeah, and God in their life as well. So mm. that is something that I find personally that grandchildren are better at doing, you know, reaching out <laughs> to the to the grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. That's still true. Yeah. yeah. But how about your parents in the sense that do you do anything intentionally to reach out to them? Okay. So it has been tough. Mm. Whenever we talk, we try to talk about Christianity. Mm. Good Friday, Christmas, whenever you send an invite, right, it will cause a certain reaction yeah, out of them. Like, you know, why are you doing this again? I see, yeah. I see. But isn't our life peaceful right now? You know, I already mm. accepted you being a Christian. You baptized already. Mm. Why are you trying to invite me? I see, I see. Yeah, so there is still this um, reaction coming out from them. I so I would say that it's still a journey yep. Yep, that I'm walking through. Mm. Um, but I, I thank God I'm, I'm glad that, you know, Two of my sisters, they they have came to Christ and they are mm. baptized. Mm. Um, praying for my third, my last sister as well. <laughs> yeah, then it will be all against parents, no. <laughs> yeah. But more more of like, um, it's a journey and God has His timing. Yeah. Right. Um. I think the big question is, what if? Right. What if? 
my my parents or any of my family pass on, mm. you know, uh, and they ended up not believing in God. Yeah. You know, is this something that I can accept? Yeah. How does that affect my faith? You mm. know, these are some of the questions that goes through my mind yeah. that I struggle with, you know. And it's difficult, lah. Yeah, if I would put myself to imagine, but you know, deep in in my faith, in my journey is, you know, even if they don't believe, um, I will still believe in God. That is yeah. where where I stand in terms of my own conviction. Yeah. Definitely difficult. Doesn't mean that you know, whatever they do or believe doesn't affect me, doesn't mean that I don't continuously, you know, reach yeah, out to them. That's good. Because, you know, that that's the calling of God. Yeah. I just do, do my life according to God's way, mm. do my life in a Christian walk and the outcome of my parents' salvation, of my grandparents' salvation, you know, it belongs to God. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. just have to trust in His mercy, you know, in, in God's goodness lah, in mm. all aspects. I remember a couple of, uh, I think weeks ago, we had a cell call team meeting at your parents' place. No, the barbecue, remember? Oh, yeah, okay. In the basketball, badminton, okay, okay, <laughs> all yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that, a, I mean, because sometimes as as parents and children, right, the, when there is a, a, a tense relationship, so it's a little bit more difficult to reach out to them. La. Yeah, in that sense, la, especially when you're the child. La. So I was just wondering whether is there a role that the spiritual community can play where we as children have limitations, but maybe um, someone else in the church, somewhere else in the spiritual, spiritual community can do something to reach out? Uh, I think there's definitely easier entry point and mm. openness whenever outsider comes, right? Mm. You know, to visit or to share a little bit. Mm. Um, I think it's good introduction, like good point of adding additional reference where they will listen more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's good. You know, maybe God can speak through that, yeah, that yeah. third party or yeah. someone from church as well. Um, and amazingly, I mean, my parents were open to, you know, allow the cell to come over for a barbecue, yeah, which yeah. is something that I find it like, <laughs> wow, amazing. That's cool. And and they were very friendly. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, they don't sound like the way I described them to <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, right? <laughs> precisely. Yeah, so it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's good. I mean, in their observation of the church community as well, um, you know, could, could send a positive message to them, mm. right? That uh, Christian community is not certain way that they think or imagine them to be. Mm. So I could imagine, I never had the ability to go down to the core, like, why are you so against Christianity? Mm. You know, why, why are my parents so against Christianity? And there's just thousands of things that go through my mind, right? Could it be because they were introduced to a cult before, you know, mm. who is different in their ways or certain church wedding that they went to, certain things that they do that, you know, made them very uncomfortable and things like that. So, they could have a wrong perception of yep. what, you know, Christianity or a believer in God life really is about or what they represent. Mm. Yeah, so this, this is the kind of conversation that I have, haven't been able to go to the core. I see. Yeah, I but see. I got some insights, you know, that they did attend church or did have some Christian friends before. See. Yeah. So, so maybe something happened along the way. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And a new vision and insights of how Christianity is like through mm. the community. Mm. Yeah, could be helpful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So let me come down to the last few questions that I have here. Um, what are some do's and don'ts for because we may have listeners that actually um they are first generation Christians, similar situation as you in mm. a non-Christian home. Mm. Maybe we focus on the do's first. What are some things that you should do in a Christian family? And what's some of the things that you shouldn't do 
uh, sorry, what some things you should do in a non-Christian family, okay, okay. being a Christian, and what are the things that you shouldn't do. Yeah, some okay. advice that you can give to yeah. those who are... You shouldn't yeah. eat beef in the family table. <laughs> <laughs> in our family, so don't true, eat yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, 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 that's one for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's start with the do-nots, right? Um, okay, I mean, on, on, my, on my situation is the family uh, uh, was already very, you know, against. They were mm. already taking offense of me being a Christian, right? Mm. So, you know, things like saying grace is offensive to them, yep. right? Then I would say, yeah, just don't do it, right? And just say it in your heart. Uh, God sees more on our heart posture yep. than the outward action to begin with, right? Mm. And um, the natural tendency is, you know, wanting to go against them. Yeah. yeah. But I, I would say that um, we need to exhibit the grace of God as well, mm. right? You know, knowing what's true doesn't give us the right, you know, to to go all out, you know, and, and offend other people, yep. right? In their own personal belief and space. Mm. So I would say in all that we do, um, always choose to honor, That's always good. choose to respect, especially our family and our parents. Uh, ultimately, they are the ones that brought us to earth, right? They went yep. through a lot of difficulties bring us, bring us up and, you know, sending us for education to where yeah. we are today. Yep. So they definitely deserve um, that honor mm. that we give them. Mm. Um, what are the do's on, on this aspect, right? Is um, never negotiate on the non-negotiable, mm. right? So, example, you know, what's the line that I should draw? Right, I can don't say grace on table. I can don't eat beef when we are eating together. Yeah, but I cannot, for example, uh, don't go to church, right? Mm. Or I cannot say that I don't believe in Christianity. Yeah, right. So there is a line to draw in terms of um, my conviction and that relationship with God that yep. cannot be compromised. Yeah, yeah. So you know, even even when it's tough and it's very difficult, yeah, um, still choose to stand on it. Mm. I don't know if if 16-year-olds today will face the kind of persecution that mm. I used to do, um, maybe the difficulty on the faith journey would be more on uh, personal, like yep. the giving up is personally, not because of my parents, you know, mm. persecute me that I give up. Um, it, it It's difficult to uphold the faith when you are alone in the family, believing in it. Like you really need to have that additional or extra conviction, right, to hold on to it. Because it's yep. very easy. Your family already don't believe in it, you yep. know. you know. And then, what else is going to hold you there? Mm. Uh, for me, personally, um, I would say that the church family, the church life, really helped me a lot. Mm. Even though I had so many different cell groups that I went to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but everyone in different seasons, um, they have journeyed with me. They have yep. taught me different things, yep. you know, about Christian community. No doubt, the Christian community, um, I would say this, lah, yeah, they ended up being the ones as well that gave me the deepest hurt. Mm. But at the same time, they are the ones that, you know, they have given me that support, mm. um, that growth, that maturity in Christ mm. that I have. Lah. So, yep. you know, even though church community, people, the people in the church community are imperfect, you know, they can cause harm and hurt. But ultimately, um, God, you know, God's heart is still with the church, yep. right? He will yep. still build the church. He will still use the church um, for the good and build his kingdom. Yep. Yeah. So I think what you're saying is that find your lines. What are the non-negotiables? 
Yeah, and then um, the rest, I think we we relate with them uh, in an honoring way. Yeah, so because we also want to be a good testimony at home as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so thanks for sharing that. Uh, just one last question. You know, we have uh, listeners that are first-generation Christian, right? Uh, what words of encouragement can you give to them? Yeah. I mean, just uh, looking at your whole story and then going through something similar, right? Mm. Is there something like to say to them uh, just to encourage them on their journey? So, the word of encouragement is, firstly, uh, you are not alone, mm. right? There are many believers who are facing um, similar situations that yeah. you are with. And some even more, you know, especially yeah. in countries, right? Yeah, all over the world. All yeah. over the world where their persecution level is, you know, much, much, much more greater because yeah. it's death threats, for example, yeah. that they might be facing. So first encouragement, you're not alone. Mm. Um, you know, second encouragement is God is always there yes. to help us, yes. right? Yes. Step yeah. by step. Even though you made mistakes, for me, I, I, I believe I made quite a bit of mistakes, right? Mm. In the way I deal with my parents' relationship, even my siblings as well. But there is always grace, yep. right? And we might not be able to figure it out right from the start, mm. but it's a journey. Yep. And God, you know, will bring you through that journey as well. Yep. So stay in step with Him, right? Um, mm. Till today, you know, I always share, even during, during my wedding, the biggest and the greatest thing that ever happened in my whole life, right? Is knowing God. Yeah. yeah. And so this good. knowing itself it's going to bring you through your whole life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we, with no regrets. Mm. So whatever you do, just don't give up in faith. Yeah. Even if it's difficult, right? Even if you are betrayed by your cell members, right? Even, even when the person who brought you to Christ, you know, caused mm. a lot of hurt in your life. Mm. Your faith journey, you know, your love in God is not defined by those, mm. but it's, all dependent on God's love for us, which He has already done and exhibited, you know, by dying on the cross for us. So, yeah. that is really the encouragement that I want to uh, give uh, to the yeah, first generation so believers. That's so good. Well, I would like to thank John for being here today. Yeah, and also for living the life, la, one that uh, I think is an inspiration to many as well. La. I think once they hear their story, it's like, wow, like if you can do it, you know, it encourages me as well. La. Yeah, so thank you once again for being here and yeah, for just taking time out today. Okay, thank you, Pastor Ni. Okay. Thank you. Okay.